Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Hi, guys, and welcome to episode 96 of Hashtag No Filter. I am so excited for you to hear today's episode. I know I say that a lot, and I know I say this a lot. I know I say that I know I say this a lot, but... I am just so honored that I was able to interview this woman. Her name is Nora McInerney, and you have more than likely heard of her. And if not, what are you doing with your life? No, Nora, so if you don't know who Nora McInerney is, you are going to fall in love with her. So this woman has had a life story thus far that uh, most people don't probably experience in their entire lifetime. Within a six-week period of time, six years ago in 2014, within a six-week period of time, she lost her father, she lost her husband, and she had a miscarriage within six weeks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you hear that and, I mean, heartbreaking, gut-wrenching, like, and it is, and it's, it's, it's awful. And somehow Nora has turned, quite literally turned a mess into a message and a purpose. And I am so blown away by this woman. She's an author. She's a podcaster. She has organizations. She, she has a ton of things that you're going to hear about in the episode. And I'll link to all of them in the, in the description of the episode, of course. Um, but it's her, it's her approach to life and her approach to these, 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 tragedies that happened to her happened around her it's and and it's not to say that every day has been great like she will talk about how of course it's been hell but the way she is now the way she's come out on the other side her humor her her just her approach to life in general is truly the most inspiring motivating incredible thing uh and i am just so blown away by her and her story and i'm so just so honored and thrilled that i was able to have her on my podcast so i want to get into the episode because i just i can't wait for you to hear it but i do want to mention very quickly because i made some changes to my patreon page I took out a couple of the tiers after getting some great feedback from you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, those who are part of Patreon gave me some great, great feedback. I took out a couple tiers. I altered a couple tiers. I would love for you to check it out and uh, join the Patreon community with me uh, because it's fun and you'll get perks and fun things. So patreon.com slash Julie Lauren. And uh, let's just get into this episode. And then definitely, I mean, you definitely should listen to the end regardless. But at the very end, there's also a promo that I'm inserting of a podcast that Nora has been involved with that I want you guys to hear about. So definitely stay till the very end. Um, 
Yeah, and without further ado, enjoy this episode. I'm so excited for you to hear it. Without further ado, here is Nora McInerney on episode 96 of Hashtag No Filter. Welcome to the podcast, Nora. How are you? I am doing amazing. Oh. <laughs> I wouldn't say amazing <laughs> today. I obviously just overshot. Like, am I doing amazing today? Yeah, we're here today. Uh, I was told it's a Wednesday, so that's- Is yeah. it though? It is, it is. Yeah. I mean, ever. I feel like we're in a perpetual Wednesday, like yeah. we used to yeah. be in a perpetual Sunday, like just a perpetual state of dread. And now we're in like a perpetual Wednesday, which is like, it's, you're neither here nor there. You're just like, it, Exactly. I feel like everyone can relate to that right now. Every single person is nodding their head. So for those who don't know, it's Wednesday guys. For those who don't know who you are, although I'm sure most people listening do, can you give a little synopsis of your life story? Yeah. uh, My, so my personal hell is having to try to summarize. So, So thank you for challenging me right off the bat. I don't know why so many people are like, they just know who they are and what their life has, uh, has, has been, but it, it really does sort of depend on the day. But, mm-hmm. um, I am a person who writes books and I have a podcast mm-hmm. called terrible things for asking. And I have, uh, an organization called still kicking, which helps people with uh, financial grants when they're going through something really difficult. Mm-hmm. I started the hot young widows club and all of my work is based around, uh, there's a theme there. There's a theme running through there, which is that life is really hard. It's really hard for everybody. It's hard for us in different ways and uh, and at different times. So right now, my life is uh, pretty good. Why would I jinx it? Why would I say that? But knock on um, wood, knock on all the knock things. On wood, knock on knock on particle board, knock on IKEA particle board. It's it's <laughs> gotta love a, IKEA particle board. It's a wood like structure. <laughs> okay, there's <laughs> it works. It's, it's a wood like component. So and for most of my life, it was very good, very easy. Okay, life was it, it was it nothing to complain about. Does that mean I didn't complain? No, I complained deeply. Okay. I complained deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I wanted my parents to buy me a geo tracker and, you know, I wanted a, I wanted a, I wanted a toy car made out of mostly plastic and I didn't get one. Um, and that was a real hardship. Okay. That was like a real cross to bear, but I got through it. And then I fell in love and he got a brain tumor. His name was Aaron and we got married and we had a baby and then we lost a pregnancy. Then my dad died and then Aaron died. And that all happened within about six weeks in 2014. And, uh, six years later, I am remarried to a, a divorcee or div, a divorced dad, a divorced dad. I'm a divorcee. And I'm a recent divorcee. Yeah. C- congratulations, Julie. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> I, you know what? Like marriage is uh, in every way, uh, nothing lasts forever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not Hang to on, be too positive about it, but it's like, for now, uh, that's why I call Matthew my current husband because, like, TBD, TBD. Currently, Matthew's my ex-husband. Just oh my so God. we, so, so it all comes full circle. <laughs> At one point, so, he was your current husband. Now he's your ex-husband. It's like he could be, you know, Matthew could. This Matthew could be my late husband. We don't know. So, uh, we I hold things very loosely. Hold them very, very loosely right. now. But um, so yeah, it, it 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 depends on the kind of day I'm having. Uh, how much of that, uh, that life story or all of that context is, is important. Right. And you know, it's, you've, I know we're just going to get into it guys. Like usually there's some, like, I'm not good with small talk anyway. Like when I'm on a date, not that I 
I'm not I'm really not dating it, but like, I just want to cringe. So we're just, we're getting into it. So into you, it. Yep. you, six years ago, you went through hell. Would yeah. you say yeah. hell? Yeah. I, I mean, went, I was nice and numb though. Thank you to shock and uh, mental illness and, uh, and a lot of alcohol. So yeah, yeah I was just going to say, was the- I was there though. So, no. you know, I, you talk, you're so open about what you've been through and you've been through like hard as fuck times. I curse a lot. You probably know. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 I've never done that. So <laughs> I, I say it on every podcast. No. I'm like, just FYI, kids are on. Yeah, so no, I yeah. am. <laughs> so you've been, I mean, hard as fuck shit. Like you have been through things that people cannot fathom. What would you say in this? I know this is kind of a broad question. Then we can break it down. When the first of these tragedies struck and the first, you know, kind of thing in your life happened, how did you handle it? Like how were you, cause you're so positive and, and like, yeah. has this always been I'm not you? that positive. You're not, <laughs> I'm not that positive. You, you that smile positive. through it. I'm not that positive. I think that I'm just also like, uh, a person who has a like a sense of humor and yes. the thing that happened was happening not necessarily to me it was happening around me and it was Aaron getting sick it was Aaron having a seizure we had been dating for a year uh we had just moved in together and it felt uh it it just felt so unreal truly and mm-hmm. we were young i was 27 he was 31 and we yeah. did think like oh this is not really happening you know, like we, we, if you go back, like Instagram had just started, we were, um, we were taking pictures in the hospital. Oh yeah. This is six years ago. LOL. Here's you like, this is no, it's, this is not almost 10 years ago. Cause it was 2011 when he got sick. So it was, you know, like we just thought like, okay, well you had a seizure. How hard, you know, let's get you out of here. Well, it turns out you had a brain tumor. And even then we're like, okay, let's get it out. And then there it gets brain cancer. And we're like, let's do chemo. And, uh, and it turned out he had a really, really bad kind of brain cancer, but Aaron was this mm. naturally buoyant person. And it was very, uh, this was a before and after moment in my life was watching Aaron um, go in to get that MRI, I knew like, okay, so this will change something. And I've yet to be through something truly hard, but I knew that when I'd been through some things that were uh, moderately hard, when I'd been through anything remotely disturbing, I would just like sort of put my head down and, and, and just try to like stay down until it passed and, and keep your eyes closed and just, you know, like it's a scary movie or something. And I remember making a decision to keep my eyes open and to be there, to like be present in it, whatever it was. And, um, and, and that was painful and it was frightening. It's frightening to not know what the future will hold, even though we never actually know, but we do get the luxury of living in a, in a, in, in, in a collective delusion where we all mm-hmm. say like, well, this is the plan. So this is what will happen. And it, it falls. And it never goes to plan. Never goes to plan. Never goes to plan. So um, I can't remember the question, but um, I, I've, Aaron had a good sense of humor about everything. Mm-hmm. Like he would take his chemo and be like, mm, you got to take my chemo grigio. Call me chemo sabi. Oh. All these like. So he stayed very- positive throughout it. He did. And just like, and also it's like, sorry, I'm trying to, I'm trying to not look at my own face. I'm trying to, oh, see it so I, <laughs> I know it's so face. awkward. <laughs> so terrible. I hate it. Uh, so 
he did he did and and there wasn't a denial there was at times this denial obviously like it's it is how you survive things Mm -hmm. but there's also an acknowledgement between the Mm -hmm. two of us that um so the facts of this disease are that you will live between three and five years and so we can tuck that away Mm-hmm. In, and be aware of it without making that the center of our universe. And mm-hmm. so we told, uh, we told his doctors, like, we're not interested in like, you know, oh, you have X amount of time to live. We're not interested in, in that kind of conversation. We want to do whatever is the best thing. Mm-hmm. But we also, what would we do with this awareness of like a ticking clock uh, around us? Right. So how can we just be alive as much as we can and be together without like making cancer the center of our worlds. And so we did get married a month after he had brain surgery and we got pregnant a couple months later and, and knowing like knowing in our minds, yes, Aaron has an abbreviated life. There's, he will, he'll have an abbreviated life. I was not, I was not going through my life thinking I'm going to grow old with this guy. No, I know that I won't. You know. And, uh, and also he's here now and we're here now. So we're going to have a baby and I'm going to yell at him when he doesn't take the trash out. And we're still going to have like Mm -hmm. a very normal marriage with a huge asterisk, which is like once a month, I take you to the hospital and you spend three days here while they give you this terrible poison. You know, it's. Right. But you still lived your life as if, I mean, you knew what was going on. You weren't in denial, but you, and you lived, you enjoyed those, those last years, whatever, however much time that was. Yeah, we did. That's the thing. It's like everything that Aaron did, being around him was enjoyable, period. So when we had to spend, you know, two or three nights in the hospital at a time, like that was time I really enjoyed with him. And we would save up movies to watch and we would, you know, order in food and have to keep the door shut. Cause it's like a cancer ward. Like you probably shouldn't be eating like, <laughs> you shouldn't be eating White Castle ever, but you also shouldn't be eating White Castle. Probably not enough, right? Probably not, probably not. And just like he made everything feel like it was a party and like it was wow. an event. He sounds and amazing. He was so fun. He was so, so, so fun. And right. And uh, yeah, he just made everybody feel like they were supposed to be there. And he was so happy they were there. Right. You know, it's, it's, I'm not, this is not a religious thing, but I do believe people are handed, sometimes it can be seen as that, but I believe people are given things they can handle. I do feel like not everyone would handle, most people probably would not handle that situation like Aaron did and like mm-hmm. you did. Do you agree with that? That I think that you actually just, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. <laughs> And you have to deal like, with it. I mean, you, have, yeah, you don't, it's, and, it's out of your control. Yeah. And I've also like, I dealt with it poorly at many times, you right, know? So right. it's like, I, I did. I was, I was um, unkind to people who were not sensitive to, to what Aaron needed or who were not, uh, like who I perceived as not showing up for him. I was, uh, it, I, I looked as if I was handling widowhood very well. I was not. I was like a complete disaster, uh, especially like in that you couldn't first talk year. about it. Or sorry, if you couldn't talk yeah. about it how you're talking about it now, all those yeah. years ago. No, God, no. Yeah. I mean, I, right. well, when Aaron was sick, I was like very, very dedicated to his mm-hmm. survival, like his mental survival, which mm-hmm. was a lot of that was like, I want you to still be able to be a person. 
I want you to still be able to like, not just be this cancer story that people are telling. And I do think like some people are just naturally more gracious. Like you could see Mm -hmm. it in the waiting room of, of, of the, um, the neurologist's office. You could Mm -hmm. see that there were some people who like, who were really, really doing not well and maybe their prognosis was better than Aaron's but they were pissed or they were you know depressed or like we and and Aaron kept saying like we are so lucky like we are so lucky because we have health insurance lucky that we had jobs that were flexible that we had health insurance that we had like the things that we needed even though like was it a what were we also in a crippling amount of debt absolutely but like it, it I don't know we would just look around and be like well like we're doing okay. Like we're getting like whatever this is, like we're actually doing like okay-ish, which also sounds so bananas. But I think because it was so close, we were so in it that it, it it just, it wasn't a choice. It's like, okay, well you can, um, I, I mean, we, and we, I think we were each like had anger in our own ways and like obvious disappointment and grief in our own ways. And also it's like, and we still have to go to work because right. we have no money saved. We're very young. We don't have anything. Like we were not ready for like a life-changing illness in our prime earning years. That's not right. something that we were prepared for. So it's like, well, we of still got to go to work. That like Game of Thrones is still on and it's still good. These are the early seasons. Right. Like we've right. got we've got stuff to do. You have things to do. You have stuff right. to do. Yeah. I mean, so. You know, someone who's going through, and I know, of course, you can't compare a divorce to a to a death of a, a loved one, and I can't, you know, speak to that, uh, you know, losing a spouse. But there is, like, when people are going through these really, like, awful moments, and you never, you don't get married expecting yeah. to get divorced. You don't yes. marry someone expecting them to pass away. Um, I did. Door. I did. But like. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah, no, I knew. I knew. You knew. Uh, different, I knew. Different, that analogy doesn't work. That, but most people. Most, most people, people. Right, right. right. Yeah. And, you know, and then this thing happens and it completely changes the course of your life. Like, can be pretty instant. And oh, yeah. even if you know it's coming, it's, it still then happens. How, whether someone's going through a divorce or it's a death or something with COVID, at left and right, I'm hearing terrible stories of people. What, mm. what's your, like, first piece, like, first piece of words of wisdom advice that you could give someone like in your shoes? Oh my God. It's like, don't rush. I have so many things. One is like, don't rush. Like you will, eventually you will be through it, but like you're, it's not going to happen quickly. It's not going to be happen quickly. So be where you are, even if where you are is extremely painful. Mm -hmm. Don't compare. So even just where you're like, I know, you know, I'm divorced, but you're, they don't have to compare. They're not the same thing. They don't need to be like your pain is yours. It exists in your world. And that is a major life-changing event. There is grief involved in that. And we don't need to like bring them all to like, you know, the scales of justice and be like, but which one hurts more? And also who wants to win that? Who wants to be like, mine, mine was actually, it's all relative to what's going on in your life. It's all relative. And every experience, even if it is communal, even if it is COVID, even if it is your divorce, everybody is experiencing it differently. Mm -hmm. Okay. Your parents have a completely different experience, a completely different like kind of pain Mm -hmm. than you do around this. Your ex-husband does like his family does. Mm -hmm. They are not equal. They're not the same. They're not even on the same planes. They're all different. They're all valid. They don't need to be compared. Third, um, is that 
even when, uh, even when we think everybody should know, right? People should know. Like I just, my husband just died. I just got a divorce. How the hell do you think I'm doing? They don't know. And they're waiting for you, the leader, the center of this circle to tell them what they're supposed to be doing, how they're supposed to show up. And you know why that sucks? Because you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. And so you will build up and tell yourself all these stories about how like, well, like she obviously doesn't care. Or on this special day, she would have like remembered to, it's like, you got to tell people everybody is wrapped up in their own story, in their own experience. And like, you have to tell people to their face, not passive aggressively. You have to tell people clearly and directly what you need from them. Even if what you need is, I don't know what I need. I need you to try things. Or I need so, you to not ask me anything, actually. Yes, or I need you yes. to, yeah. Yeah, and you I want you to, how can they know that? They can't know it. They can't know it. And it's like, I would sometimes get a text and I would be like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I needed in this moment. I needed for somebody to, you know, pretend like I was just a normal person. And sometimes I would get a text and be like, how dare you talk to me like I'm a normal person? I am not normal. This thing happened. Right. How would they, they know? How do they know? They don't mean any harm by it. Well, I mean, maybe some people mean harm by it, but most people don't mean harm by it. No. And like, honestly, it's grief and suffering brings out the best in people and the worst too. Mm -hmm. The worst. Because people don't know, but that's such a, they just, it's, it's simply an, it's an unknown territory and they simply don't know how to. They just don't know. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. So it's, uh, it's as bad as you think it is. It is. And it won't always be this bad. It might never, it might not ever be good. I'm never going to be like, oh my God, but blessing in disguise. My first husband died. No, like, no, you're not going to be like, oh my God. Like, yeah, I had six miscarriages and then um, a stillbirth, but like a bright side, I got this. No, that's not the point. (laughs) That's not the point. That's what I God, you're full of so many good points. I feel (laughs) this like, geez, you're so inspiring. But it's, but you know, because after I started talking about my divorce and my ancestors, I would get a lot of DMs saying they're going through a breakup, not even a marriage Mm -hmm. divorce, a breakup Mm -hmm. and asking for advice. And I kind of felt silly saying it because it seems so like, it doesn't really help. But for me, like my time is your best friend. Like mm-hmm. it's just time. Right. I mean, you have to work on yourself probably, and, yeah. you know, yep. on Zoloft and all, you know, all the things, oh, yes. drink yes. wine all the time, yeah. but, but, <laughs> but it's time, right? Like, mm-hmm. and you kind of got to allow and do, so I'm, I'm big on therapy. Can you talk yeah. big on therapy? Yeah. And you know, my therapist has gotten, and I've gotten better at it, feeling your feelings. Mm-hmm. Are you big at like sitting with your feelings yeah. and not pushing them under the rug? No, first I just didn't feel anything because I was like, mm-hmm. I've got this great idea about grief, which is that everybody knows that it, it stops. You stop feeling bad after one year, right? Like a year, that's all it takes. I have no idea. People, widows always think this. Everybody's like, well, after a year, it expires. So you'll be fine. So I was like, I'll stay really busy. I will put on so much makeup. I will buy the cutest clothes. Do I have any money? No, let's not think about that. Um, I will drink. I will run. I will travel, physically run with my child all over this country. I will not set foot in this house if I don't have to. And then a year will happen and I will be the genius who avoided grieving. You, like, and you got this. Like you fully I, like- I fully was like, no, 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 I'm feeling it. Don't worry. Like I feel like this sort of like dark shadow, like right at my neck, but it, I just don't, you know, what am I going to do? What, what am I going to be sad? All that? Like I was just so in shock. And people think that denial is being like, no, my husband's not dead. 
Denial is just not letting the reality of that loss hit you. And I could do that as long as I wasn't at my house. I could do that as long as I went to bed shit faced and didn't have to like see that on, you know, that completely crisp side of the bed. Like, so no, I didn't feel anything. And then I finally went to therapy and was resistant. And then, um, now I am, now I am a feeler of feelings and I will, I will also, uh, through therapy and also meditation, like before I let I'm a feeler of feelings and a selective, not thinker, but like, I'm very aware of the stories in my head. Uh, um, and when I'm pursuing one or whipping one up. Stories that aren't accurate. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, like, yeah, yeah. like this morning I was like, well, Julie will think I'm a fucking idiot because I didn't oh get on the phone, you know? And, and then I was like, okay, do you know, before you, right, we before you go that. this far. Just respond to her. Right. No big deal. Right. Just respond to her. It's okay. But I was like, well, and now I look like a total, I look like, I look like a flake and I look like I don't respect her time, even though this is the time I suggested. And I, I even like, you know, I, 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 I looked, it's on my calendar this morning. How would I know? Like, I just, like, I will go through that. And also, and I'm a piece of garbage. I'm just a piece of garbage. Like it just goes so quickly. So you still like, that's, wait, that makes me feel so much better that you who's like, seems to have your shit, like still, 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 still. So when you're in, because even on like a very, not not trivia look again everything's relative we're not comparing but yeah. even on something like a guy you know you're back you know you're dating this guy or girl whatever it is and you start they don't like me wait they didn't text me they don't you make up these stories in your head that literally uh, it's a domino effect of mm-hmm. how do you get out of that when you're in that mm-hmm. cycle i try to catch it quick which i did this morning i was like okay this could ruin your day or you could right. just reply to her and right. you could just reply right, and see how it goes. Right. Like, that's it. And you that's like cut it. it off. You kind of tell yeah. yourself to stop yeah. like thinking about yeah. that. Yeah. I was like, and you replied. And instead of being like, well, she's probably lying, you know, like she probably just like, huh? <laughs> instead, but I would have normally done that. I would have normally been like, okay. And now like, I, like, I would have just let that, like, just, I would have walked up to the kitchen and been like, I am having a terrible day. And this is why, because I already started it poorly. I already missed something. And I can do that really quickly. And yeah. I can also sense now when I am in danger of, of that, that, uh, that being appealing to me. Right. You know, when, it, when you like, I, for me, I like know when I'm about to kind of like step over the yes. line. <laughs> yes. And you have to stop yes. yourself. You have yes. to catch yourself or it can be a real fucking mess. It really can. Me. There are, it's like, there's no reason for the, and this is, uh, this was like a big issue in like my first year of widowhood, but really like every part of my life until very recently, which is like, I wanted to prove that I was good enough to exist. Mm -hmm. And after Aaron died and he was so wonderful and everybody liked Aaron, most people were like, great, Aaron's girlfriend's here. (laughs) Like I was like, cool. And she's cool too. Right. In a way, but we're really here for Aaron. Aaron, Like, um, and he was so great and, you know, and, and everybody says that about the dead, but like at his, at his funeral, uh, several people like came up to me and they were people that you could tell life was hard for. And they said in high school, Aaron made it a point to make sure that I had a spot at his lunch table and that I felt like I was cool and that I belonged there. And I was like, shit, that's like what he did. Like he was that person that's him. his whole life. That's how I felt when I met him. I was like, really? Like, 
okay. And he, I just moved back to Minneapolis. I didn't have any friends and he invited me out. I met him at, uh, at um, an art thing. And then he was like, oh, we're going, I'm going to go over to this bar. Do you want to join me? And I was like, okay, obviously he's like asking me, I walk in, he's at a table of, I'm not joking, 30 people. And I was like, oh God. Were you like nervous? You're like, what am I supposed to do now? I was like, what an idiot. Like he just said this to everyone. Like, Right. And I'm going to walk into a room where I don't know anyone. Like I could never, I could, if I, I wouldn't go to the, the, the cafeteria unassisted in college, I'd be right. like, well, breakfast already started. Looks like I'll starve till dinner. Right. Like, <laughs> it's like, I'm not eating. What am I going to do? Walk into a room alone? Are you kidding right. me? And, uh, and he was like, Hey, pulls up a chair for me, pulls up a chair for my cousin, introduces us. And, uh, and that's how he was. And after he died, I was like, why am I here? And I felt like everything I did was like me trying to earn my spot in the world, me trying to earn my spot. And I was always looking for confirmation that I'm not good and that I don't belong here. And what that like looks imposter like, syndrome, like it's not, not even imposter syndrome. Like I hate myself syndrome. I hate myself. And you? that's, and that's depression. That's anxiety. That's depression. Like it's, it's, and it's also just like, uh, it was ADHD too, like this negativity bias of being like, oh, everybody's always mad at me. But like in our lives, like prior to this, I could sort of look for that confirmation in interactions and be like, well, I guess this person at work didn't invite me. Like everybody else was walking to go do this thing. And I didn't, so obviously they hate me and I'm the worst. And as a person um, who I just published like a book, I could go on the internet and read every, not the good reviews. I could just go read the bad ones. Did you do that? Yes. It's like digital self-harm. It really is. It's like, what am I looking for here? Like, what am I looking for in the, in this interaction, in this? So what were you, what did you fit? Did you, I want, I just wanted to be told like, yeah, you're as bad as you think you are. Oh like you're as, but that yeah. wasn't for that. That what you weren't. That's not, that's not forever. From your childhood, like that was from this. It's, it's, of- no, I think it was like I think it was from for. I think it was exacerbated by Aaron's death. Yeah, and also by like all of these sort of un, untreated. Like children of the '90s were not brought to therapy. We are not taught coping skills, basic mm-hmm. coping skills. A reason mm-hmm. that we all need to be in therapy right now is because. Our parents were raised by the greatest generation who were great at uh, suppressing their emotions and emotionally abusing their children. It's it's, so our parents have no emotional literacy. And so unless they're like going through therapy now and really trying to, you know, whatever, but, and there's a small, like, you know, like sort of subsect of like, you Mm -hmm. know, a cool, like hippy dippy parents in the eighties and nineties, but like they were few and far between where I grew up in the Midwest. They just were. Yeah. Like, so we did not have any coping mechanisms. We could not identify these as unhealthy behaviors, you know, being like, and, and if you read like my childhood diaries, you can tell, like, I'm just like always looking for, for confirmation that I don't belong. And, uh, and, and those are just things that you feel shame about. So why would you bring it up to a parent? Why would you bring it up to somebody? You feel like maybe everybody, maybe everybody just walks around with like, under a cloud of self-hatred. Maybe. I don't know. So like at what point did that shift for you where you don't, where, where you, um, after Aaron's death, like how did that change? Yeah. I think therapy. Yes. Therapy, everybody. It's the best. A lot of therapy and a lot of, um, like, I don't know, just say self-work sounds so corny, but it's like, but it's, it's mindfulness is not like 
oh, can you sit, you know, still for 30 seconds and like listen to a nature sound? Right. Like it is being mindful of what you are consuming and why you are doing it. So right. a lot of our actions throughout the day are mindless. If you oh, go look at your, go look at your screen time on your phone. Um, it's, in, it's embarrassing. It's, a, it's, <laughs> it's like actually kind of sickening. I'm like, it's wow, if I dedicated that time to like literally anything else, I could probably right. be like, oh, I could have written 17 books by now. Right. I finished the one I've been trying. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm always like, I didn't have time to do that today. And then I'm like, cause I spent four hours on the internet. What the fuck? But do you feel that the social media, I mean, I, I know how yeah. I feel about it. Like social media contributes so much to this, this, this comparison game, this, this um, competitive yeah. nature. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can be very, very happy when you keep your eyes on your own paper Hard sometimes. It's really hard. It's really, really hard, especially when like you can quantify uh, a qualitative. You you believe that you can find quantitative evidence Mm -hmm. of qualitative factors. So, what what is your what is your value, right? Like, what is your uh, how are you doing um, interpersonally? Well, I mean, I don't know how many followers do you have. What's Mm -hmm. your what's your engagement rate? How you doing on that? It's this like, external, this need for external validation, which I right. am so fucking guilty of. Yeah, of I course. mean, it's yeah. it's or if like one photo doesn't do very well and no one engaged with it, like oh gosh, I'm a terrible yeah. human now. Like mm-hmm. it's and then it, in in my head, I'm like, wait, but I had a really good caption and that meant it. It that's when I spiral. Like that's when I'm like, what the yeah. fuck am I doing? Like, what am I doing yeah. on the internet? And yeah. it's- Why it, bother? It, it can be hard. So you, so throughout all of this, you had, you know, these tragedies within how, like six weeks? Yeah, you? about, yeah. I'm bad at counting things, but yes. I, but like yeah, a six short weeks, period yeah. of time. Short period of time. Might've been seven. Who cares? Small Doesn't amount of time. time. Right. Yeah. So were you doing, and like now you're, you've like changed people's lives. You're helping people by telling your story and being so open about it. I mean, do you daily get people that are messaging you saying you've helped me get through like the darkest time in my life? Like, I mean, you're making such a difference. Yeah. That's, and it's really lovely. And all I can say is like, uh, okay, but that's not your responsibility right away. And I did feel like it was my responsibility to be as palatable as possible, as quickly as possible. I had a DNC for my uh, uh, miscarriage. Uh-huh. Um, Cause I mean, just the idea of like going home and going into labor and yeah. I was like, also my dad was dying. My dad was dying across town. I was like, I don't have time. I don't have time to even be sad about this. Like we'll do it tomorrow morning. Great. And um, that night on Percocet, I went out with Aaron to his very last art show and, mm. and held his hand and was proud and took photos and carried the baby we did have. And, um, and, and definitely I hope I didn't drive. I hope he didn't drive. Who knows? Uber? I was, I, I don't think it existed okay. in Minnesota at the time. So, oh. you know, mistakes were made. Um, yeah. But I, I went out. I don't know when I told people. I know my dad was dead five days later. I know I spent, you know, the next five days with my dad. Then he was dead. And then three days later, Aaron went into hospice. He was told that there was nothing that, that we could do. And, uh, and that was that. Like that was that. It was just, I, I wow. don't know. And I and I and I truly like could not show weakness. I could not. I could not let it. I spent. Shock was a very valuable tool in helping me get through the end of Aaron's life because I. It wasn't about me. It right. wasn't. This is his exit, not mine. 
And I wanted him to feel loved and I wanted him to feel like I would be okay because I knew I would eventually. Of course, of course, but in the moment. Yeah. And, but, and, you know, people come over and be like, oh my God, how can we help? And I was like, I don't know. I remember sitting cross-legged on my counter doing my nails. Right. Yeah. Where was I going? I don't know. But I was like, but, and also it's like, Aaron did like when I looked good. So I did do my makeup every day so that he wouldn't have to see just some like piece of shit in his room with him, giving him, you know, what's the thing? Meth. I almost said meth. Meth? That's not it. Meth. No. It's a drug. It's a drug. It's a drug. It's a painkiller. Oh, oh, not like, um, the Cody? Morphine. 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 That's it. Not meth. I did not give him meth. Not meth. Not meth, not methane. Morphine was the word I was looking for. So, um, right, but you wanted to, you know, and I bet, and he liked that. You, you know, look, at, do people come to you? Do you coach people or no? Because I know you have the podcast. Yeah, no, I, I, I am not, uh, there's nothing that I could coach you in that I would feel good about. <laughs> My advice like, is right after all this happened, these six, seven weeks, do, so yeah. do you feel right away that like your mission was to, to do this or did no. you? No, I was like, I've, I've got to, I was about to be unemployed. I just stopped going to work. I I felt like my mission was to I don't know. I was you didn't direction. think like you didn't no. know. Okay. No, 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 no. Like no, both, none, of podcasts, none of it. None of it. None of it. None of it. Like no, it's everything has been very uh, unstrategic, okay. extremely unstrategic. Aaron and I wrote his obituary together mm-hmm. and that went viral. And that is how my agent found me was wow. her husband read the obituary and, you know, forwarded it to her. And she's like, I do not always take his advice, but I, she reached out to me just to say, I'm so sorry about your husband in a couple of years. If you want to write a book, Did you, you know, know her I, prior? I, no, no, I, I, and I had had a blog at the time that was, fine. And, um, and she was like, well, I, I would love to like be represent you. And I wrote her back after the funeral. And I was like, yeah, no, I want to write one now because I want it to, I, I don't want to write it from like the safe, comfortable distance of like 10 years, 20 years, even though who loved wild more than me? No one, mm-hmm. no one. But I wanted to write it in this absolute chaos of, of, of grief and loss because being in it is a perspective. Yep. So, uh, so and people I and, appreciate that perspective from you. Yeah. Not 10 years later, not 10 years later. So I, I, I didn't know if anyone would buy the book, but they did. And I published yeah. it with Harper Collins, which meant I had like six huge. months to write it. It's oh. huge. I did. I let myself feel good about that. Heavens. No, 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 no. no of course no. not. I was no. like, no, no big no, deal. No no, no. <laughs> no, no big deal. I mean like you better. And now you got to prove it. And, wow. and, uh, and, 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 then and that's before when the kind of snowball. Sort of, but like the book was a, I mean, the book is like, you know, out, like out with the editor and then it takes time for it to come out. And I was listening to all these podcasts and people were sending me so many emails about, cause they were still finding the obituary and they were telling me their stories. And I was like, all these people think that the best way to be heard is to spill their guts to a stranger because the people in their lives have stopped asking how they are or when they do ask like this person feels disrespectful dog sorry um oh no person, like, what is yeah fine just didn't know yeah woo. uh this person feels obligated to say they're fine right. and they're not fine they are not fine even if this happened a decade ago or 10 months ago or so i i had the i had the title which was an aspirational you know 
phrase and a rejected book title, terrible thanks for asking. And I, you know, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anyone who made podcasts. I literally went on Twitter and said, hey, does anyone know anyone in Minnesota who makes podcasts? And someone was like, oh yeah, did you know American Public Media is located here? And I said, I did not. And they were like, tag Hans Buto. And I DM Hans and he's like, ugh. Like, you know, people with ideas, the worst. I have this idea. Uh, I have no experience and I have this idea. But I have an idea. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, geez. Uh, So he gave me an email address and I sent like, you know, three paragraphs to this email address and then I got a meeting and then we made it and, and it, and it just started happening. It just started happening. And um, what looks like really instant outward success, I was paid, I believe what it shook out to was like $4 an hour for the work I did on that first season. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Which was uh, not enough to put the baby I was secretly pregnant with in daycare part-time. Not enough. So, uh, so I brought a baby, a two day old baby into the studio because again, I have to earn my way. I, I, if they, I, I, I made it work. I mean, there was no other option, right? There's no other option. I mean, there was, I could have been like, I had a baby, give me six weeks, but I was sure that, and because I do believe companies are sexist, the world is sexist. If I would have said, I need a break, they would have said, honestly, we'll just, it's, let's just cut our losses. Like we won't make it. And I did not have any clout. I didn't have any presence. I was, I was the first person that they had made a podcast with who wasn't from public media, who was not like an established public media host. So I was an outsider. I was a contract employee and, uh, and I had one part-time person working on the show with me. I, it was not a risk I could take. So I brought a two day old baby into the studio and looking back, that makes me want to, <laughs> but it's okay. But it, it, it did it work out. out. But that's, I mean, that's, so I want to ask you, and then I'm so, I like want to talk to you for four hours, but same, I know eventually same. we have to wrap up, but <laughs> I want to ask you, and then we'll go into the fun quick fire round that yeah. everyone loves. But how many people, when people were coming to you, like sharing their stories with you, was it all death? Was it some divorce? No, was- it was all kinds of stuff. It was all kinds of stuff. It's like, yes, I have a niche for, you know, widows and widows of brain tumors and, right. uh, and people have lost their dads or people have lost babies, but like, no, it was all kinds of things. It was, and so that first season is 100% from my inbox. The first 10 episodes inbox. from my inbox. That's unbelievable. That, so when, when you're, you know, whether it's divorce or death of, of, your, of your spouse and you become a widow, do you believe in a timeline when you can start dating again or seeing people or? I, it's like, you know, as much as I want to be like, no, uh, I don't. Uh, It's so, I mean, no, I don't because it is so different. And I will tell you that when Erin was still alive, the only other woman I know knew at the time who was a brain cancer wife, because I obviously didn't want to like associate with it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I was like, I don't need, I was like, I just want to be me. And so I want my people to be my people. And I do also regret that, but that's okay. Um, Her husband had, had a similar brain cancer, but it affected him really differently really differently. And Aaron was lucky. His tumor was in a part of his brain that apparently he didn't need. His personality was intact. His intellect was intact for most of, except for the very last couple weeks, like his motor skills. Some people have brain tumors and they are not the same people. And this was the case for her. So she had spent five years with a stranger who looked like the person she loved. 
And so three months after he died, she was, she texted me, she was going on a date and I was in the kitchen with Aaron and I looked up and I was like, oh my God, she's going on a date. And he was like, don't judge her. Oh, he said that. Wow. And to me, I was like, see how much I love you. I would never. And he was like, why would you? It's like, you have no idea. So you talked her life is like prior to him, like where he was like, wants you to be happy. I mean, yeah. Like we talked about, you know, when my dad was dying, my dad was like, you know, make sure you help your mom with her match.com. My mom was like, I'm not. And my dad's just joking and stuff, but like, no, I was never like, no, is it okay if I did? Like I was 31, like clearly, like I was going to have sex again. And, but at the time I thought like, here's how I prove to you how much I love you. I'm going to just judge this woman. And this is honestly what a lot of our judgments are. Like, let me prove to the people around me that I, that, that I would never do that. that I would I, never, you wouldn't, you don't know what you would do. And, and three months after Aaron died, I was like, someone needs to get on top of me. Oh, so you were touch me. Like, like I did not want to love anybody. No, I no. did not want to go on a date. I wanted to have sex with me seriously. And it was like, like I was, I, I would even just like, I would, I would do like third base. I would do like just anything. I was like, I was like trolling. Like my, my sister ended up finding someone for me on Twitter and Twitter. And he still wanted to take me out to dinner. I was like, I can't, my mom will watch the baby for like no time. And then he dropped me off and I was like, okay, come on. And we made out and it was like amazing. And then I went inside and I cried for hours, but it felt so good. And I was like, oh, this is what he meant. Like, this is what he meant. Like, you don't know. So there are no rules. Like, you have to do what feels. You have to. And it's like, and obviously some people do jump into things too quickly. They do that whether or not they're grieving. True. True. I mean, they just do. So you don't know. And like, I think you can listen to that little voice inside of you. Mm -hmm. uh, But but that voice is also just as disoriented as you are. Right. Like that voice doesn't know. That voice no. is like, I, yeah, I don't know. Seems, seems good. Seems ship shape. And you're right. like, right. Is it? Right. Is but, it? So, but, but do, if you want to go do the hot guy down the street, go do the hot go guy. Go do it. Go do yeah. it. Be safe. You know, use protection. Use like, protection. you know, talk about it. Like make sure it's consensual, but it's yes. like, it's, it's, I would have, I was full of judgments. And then I was also full of judgments for myself. I met Matthew a year after Aaron died and I was full of judgment. For How myself. did you guys meet? Through my friend Mo, who's a widow. And we were in her backyard. I was burning stuff because we love fire. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, I was like rolling my neck because it was like <laughs> November and like your body just, I, I had been so tight. Like I truly could not even turn my head mm-hmm. that whole month. I was just like, like, like right. everything's locked up, like, like uh, just feeling it physically. And so we're burning things. And uh, this guy shows up and I'm like, not going to bother knowing your name. And uh, he sits down and Mo has those cheap plastic Adirondack chairs from yep. like Fleet Farm, Menards, Home Depot, what have you. Yep. <laughs> and it was too close to the fire. So it, it collapsed. It was like, the, it was not structurally sound. And he has holding a glass of wine and he has feet flew through the air and a glass of, and like the trail of wine flew through the air, like illuminated by the fire. And I laughed so hard. I thought I was going to die. Like I had not laughed in oh so my, long oh my God, and it felt so good. good. And he was such a good sport about it, which now looking back, I'm like, how? Because he's so shy. Oh. He's so shy. And, and then was he just love sat. Like once that no. happened. Oh, okay. Okay. It was like, 
I, there, it was sort of like a recognition at first sight because he was sitting listening to Mo and I just like brrr, back and forth right. about widow stuff and like three hours had passed and I was like what's your deal I was like are you a widow and he's like no I'm divorced and I was like <gasps> tell me everything like what that's bananas like you're divorced like that is that's crazy that must hurt so bad and he was like he was, was like, he like okay <laughs> he was like yeah like and you know, people had not really asked him about it either because the person he was married to, they'd been together since they were 20. They had the same circle of friends. Like it was shameful and, and there was betrayal and he was just so sweet. And he was talking about his kids and I was like, Oh, you're a survivor, dude. Like I get it. Like, you know how to get through something. And so I found him on I went home, got drunk, and then I found him on Facebook and sent him a message. And then I didn't hear back for a while because he doesn't really use the internet recreationally. Matthew. And then when he replied, I was like, what did I say to you? (laughs) (laughs) Because you were drunk. Yeah, I was like, hey. I I truly said, like, ask me out. And he was like, I "I will ask you out sometime. And I was like, ask me out now. And he was like, Wednesday. And we hung out on a Wednesday. And it was like, I don't know. I, I, I could talk to him about all of the Aaron stuff without him feeling bad, uh-huh. not because it was the same, but because there's just like that recognition in mm-hmm. another person. And mm-hmm. I got to ask him so many things. And it, it, so at that, like our first date, I was like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. I'm going to love this guy. And that, like, and you're one big happy family now. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it's like, That's damn awesome. it. And I was ready to move. You know, I didn't want to live in Minnesota anymore. And where, where do you guys like, live now? Now we live in Phoenix. Phoenix, okay. Yeah. Which is where I wanted to be. And there you go. There you go. Here we are. Wow. Oh yeah. my, I think your story is amazing. So, okay. Last question before the quick fire round. Right. Yes. That, this is probably going to be hard for you because I bet you have mm-hmm. a ton. Best piece of advice you've ever received. And that you Oh my God. A priest told me what other people think of you is none of your business. You stand by that. It's so hard. I know that. Stand by it. It's like, I mean, it's true. And you know, he just meant like, it just writ large. What other people think is none of your business that you have to have a small amount of people whose opinion matters an opinion you can trust and people who, you know, have a stake in your life. Mm-hmm. And your success as a developing person, not your professional success, your success as a human being on this world. Right. But when everyone's opinion matters, nobody's opinion matters. And you will find yourself on your phone typing out like some like, you know, and another thing while your kid is like, hey, hey, or your husband is like, hey, or your friends are like, yeah. hey, we're here Hello. and we understand why you are going to vote for Joe Biden, but aren't in love with him. You yeah. don't need to defend it to this stranger on the internet. On the internet. I'm like, I'm like uh-huh, But it's uh-huh. hard to not have other people's opinions. When I was going through my divorce and ours was a clean divorce, but to, to think people were really, how could, right. I would like, it's hard. Oh, it's so hard. Really it's hard. so hard. Good advice is hard advice. It's hard advice. If it's easy to do, it's bad advice. It's bad advice. It's just bad advice. Yeah, just bad advice. Oh my God. I I, I seriously could talk to you. I'm sure everyone says that about you. Could talk to you forever. You are so- we will. Now we know each other. Okay, so we're going to wrap it up with the fun quick fire round. Random, you know, first- First, uh, mm, comes mm, mm, okay. okay. If someone played you in a movie, who would play you? If it was, if there was a movie made about your life. Oh my God. I'm so bad at this. Oh, oh God. I should know this. Um, well, they would have to be tall. Yeah. So that like really narrows it down. So probably like Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. But because like, I don't think, yeah, yeah. Probably Gwyneth Paltrow. I like that answer. Yeah. I think it works. Um, If you could have drinks or dinner, whatever, with anyone living or Mm. dead, would it be? Mm. Oh, my dad. Oh. My dead dad. Oh. Yeah. Uh, If you were running for president, what would your campaign slogan be? Oh, my God. Um, Get your shit together. Okay. Okay. I like it. Let's get our shit together. Or it would be, it would be like, get your shit together, or it would be, um, here we go. Or <laughs> <laughs> here we go. I like here it. Go. Here we go. Okay, here Let's we go. Let's do this thing. Uh, yeah, or like, or like, you know, uh, doing my best. Do- 2020. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Get it on yeah. a shirt. Yeah, um, doing my best. <laughs> so, okay, if there was an airplane outside of your house and it wasn't COVID and all that, where would you go mm. anywhere in the world? Oh my gosh. I also am like such a bad, I have such a bad, these are like, all these questions are things where I'm like, I will have an answer in like 30 minutes. But (laughs) if you, if we were, if you were picking me up in your car and you're like, what do you want to eat? I would be like, Julie, I've never had food. Like, I don't know. What is a food? Name a food. Name a a food. Tell me. (laughs) Name a food. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I would go to the North shore of Minnesota, which is probably, you know, I just, I really, really, it feels like you're at the end of the world. Really? Yeah. It's like that love of, it. like incredible. Yeah. I love Lake Superior. Like around so that's the yeah. lake. Yeah, Lake Superior. Is that like yeah. downtown. That's the country? shore. The shore. I it's don't know. up. It's up. So it's up almost north. Canada. Yeah. North. Up north. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you said north and I'm like, okay. Um north from and if you could only be, bring three things, not people or pets, items, what could you not leave home without? A Carmex. Ooh. Carmex. Okay. Absolutely. Carmex. Ah. Um, and then a, a toothbrush and, and toothpaste, everything else, like I will be fine, but I need to brush yeah. my teeth constantly. And, and those are boring mouth. answers, but like, they're very, very, boring. I, like, I, I, I don't know. I make my money with this mouth. Okay. No, I'm <laughs> take care of it. Most people say like, that's hardly boring. People say phone. But you oh say God. No, I would, th- I would throw my phone out the window as fast as possible. It. Right. Yes, I would. I could not. I, I would love my, my utmost fantasy is truly to be like Nora McInerney. Never heard of her. <laughs> Who is she? And really? You just. Yeah. So wow. I just disappear, disappear, do something off the grid, like raise goats or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just something. Whatever yeah, something else. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you, I was going to, I was going to ask you, okay, let's say best piece of dating advice. Oh God. Like someone, okay, someone's struggling. Yeah. You don't like, okay. Everybody's waiting to be chosen, but it's like, who are you choosing? Who are you choosing? So you cannot, you, anybody who is not a hell yes on you, anybody who's wishy-washy on you, they've already made their choice. Even if you like them though. Yes. Yes. They're like, you are waiting to be chosen and that is not how it works. Like it is a mutual, it is a mutual thing. And when somebody is like, eh, like they're telling you what you need to know. Like they're, they, you know, so if you're all in on a person and they're like, you know, I just don't know, then they Done. do know, they know you're not, they know it's not you. They so know it. Don't and choose them. You're no, done. don't choose them. Don't choose them. Like so yeah, easy. It's like, I, I spent so much time being like, well, I picked you. So I guess I'll just wait for you to, and I'm like, why did you pick that person? They were not special. They were not good to you. They didn't do anything for you. And like the two times that I've been married, 
And the two times were the two times that I got it right. Were the two times that somebody, I will also say like my first boyfriend was like, you know, ups and downs, but like really did give me a good basis Mm -hmm. of like what a respectful relationship could look like. And like, it ended very poorly. We were young, but, um, but yeah, it's like, I never have had to like guess about Aaron or Matthew. I never had to be like, well, you know, I wonder if this will, no, it was like right away. They were like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't like right away we we're going to get married, but it was like right away. Like I, I want to date you. You want to date me? Great. Okay. Like what yeah. makes you like, what do you, what, what no makes question. you feel special? Oh, you like to, you like a text at night. I can do that. Like make your needs known. And a person who doesn't want to meet them is not ever Done. going to. Yeah. And better to know that early. And it's like, and it doesn't mean that you have to say like right away in the first date, like, although I did with both of these people, like, well, yeah, I want to be married. Yeah. I want kids. Like, yeah, I want all these things. doesn't mean I necessarily want it with you, but I don't want to be with a person who doesn't want the same things. Like, but no, I don't No, You should know off off the bat. Weed them out. And it's like, and if, and if it is a thing where it's like, you're three months in and you're like, okay, but like sometimes you don't call me for like three days and that bothers me. And they're like, that's how I am. Then that's not your person. Not it's not work. your person. It's not going to work for it's you. It's not going to work. If, if, if after three months, they're not going to give you the bare minimum of what you need, they're right. not going to do it in three years. They're not going to do it in 30. Like, so make so your true. needs known right up front and directly, like make those expectations clear. Yeah. Like you have to also like, people don't know your operating instructions. You have right. to share your operating instructions for right. some, with somebody like, and so much of like what we're given as women is like to be coy or to be cool mm-hmm. or to be breezy. We are not breezy. I am not a breezy person. I am so, not breezy. <laughs> no, no, no. So it's like right away, like yeah. with, with Matthew, I was like, yeah, this is like, this is how I am. How are you? Like, what, what, what do you need? Like, wow. You can, we should just do a whole podcast on dating advice. I feel oh like, oh my God. Really yeah. Where can everyone yes. follow you on the gram yes. and all the things? Um, oh, it's just Nora Borealis. I quit Twitter. Don't bother. Twitter oh. is a dumpster. And uh, yeah, Website. Nora Borealis and NoraBorealis.com. Easy. Okay. Yep. Daniel, go, go. Happy birthday to Matthew. Thank you so much. So thank much. you. Such Happy a pleasure. You. Thank you for being so thank cool. You. Bye. Bye. And there you have it. She's pretty fucking incredible, right? I wasn't kidding. I wasn't lying. I would never steer you wrong. Uh, If you had not, if you were not already following Nora, definitely follow her. I want to give a shout out to KJ Blattenbauer, who has been on my podcast twice now, once a while ago and once more recently with her husband. Definitely listen to that episode. I'll I'll link it in the description as well. But KJ actually connected me to Nora. I knew who Nora was. Like I knew of her. I'd followed her a while ago on Instagram. And then KJ had mentioned, you really got to get Nora on your podcast and they're friends. And uh, um, KJ connected me to Nora and I'm so grateful. So thank you, KJ. Uh, Anyway, be sure to check out Nora's Instagram page and all of her her podcasts and all of her all the things she does. As always, you can follow me on Instagram and everywhere at by Julie Lauren. Be sure to check out Patreon, patreon.com slash Julie Lauren. Um, and stay tuned so you can hear this clip uh, promo of a podcast coming out. And uh, I think that's it. Thank you guys, as always, so much for listening and for your support. Be sure to subscribe to Hashtag No Filter if you haven't. And I'll talk to you very soon. Bye-bye. I'm Miss Danielle, host of the new podcast, Help a Human Out. We'll meet a person going through something nobody in their real life can relate to. Our job is to find someone who has been there, who knows what that is like. 
an expert of sorts. We're taking difficult, confusing, or isolating situations and normalizing them. One person, one problem, one podcast episode at a time. You can subscribe to Help a Human Out wherever you listen to podcasts. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Justin and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find?